glad that you're listening to this podcast. This podcast is a ministry of the Bonners Ferry Baptist Church and of Pastor Devin Neal. Chapter 6, again, beginning verse 39, we'll kind of review what we just read. And we're not going to look at the, uh, the entirety of this text. I'll actually go down just a little bit. I want to begin uh, focusing our attention on verse 43. The Lord gives a number of parables here right in a row. So he, he speaks a parable uh, concerning the blind leading the blind. Uh, if the blind lead the blind, they'll both fall into a ditch. He's, he's addressing the subject of hypocrisy. That's not necessarily what I want to address in specific tonight, we want to look at what he has to say about our mouth being a reflection of our heart and so forth. And just that there's a principle that runs throughout Scripture uh, that, the, that the heart is the wellspring of everything else we do. You've heard it said, uh, the heart of the problem is a problem of the heart. Well, this is true with our mouth as with any other uh, use of our physical bodies as we have been bought with a price and are called to serve the Lord. When there's a problem in our bodies, there's a problem in our heart. But he's given a number of parables. So... One is about the blind leading the blind. If the blind lead the blind, they'll both fall in the ditch. If you're going to have cataract surgery this week, would you want a blind surgeon? I don't think so. I don't think so. You're going to want somebody that can see very well what they're doing because they're working on a very delicate part of your body. Even so, uh, don't go try to get a moat out of your brother's eye when you've got a beam in your own. But then he comes to this parable. He says in verse 43, For a good tree... Bringeth not forth corrupt fruit, neither doth a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. For every tree is known by his fruit. For of thorns men do not gather figs, nor of a bramble bush gather they grapes. And then he's going to make the application, verse 45, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of his heart, the mouth, his mouth speaketh. That is a, a verse you need to have committed to memory uh, because uh, that's, that's a, it's, a, it's a, a principle that stands. And so I'm going to give you three simple points tonight out of these verses going on that, down through uh, especially verse 46 and uh, beginning with the parable that he gives here about a tree. And he begins with, with speaking of the fact, and this is spoken again. The same application is made, and we'll read it in a few minutes, in the book of James concerning our tongue. And so then, uh, let me just kind of go to um, some things in our culture that, that cause this text to be very relevant. We have a lot of people today who would say, I'm a Christian. There's a number, especially in America... A lot of people that claim to be a Christian. I think there probably came a time in our country where it became, uh, it's a good thing to say about yourself that you're a Christian. And so a lot of people claim to be a Christian, less today than in time past. Uh, but the fact is, they lay claim to that. They would call Jesus Lord or say that they have trusted Him as their Savior. Yet, yet these same individuals... Uh, speak uh, horrible things. They curse God's holy name. They use His name in vain. They speak profanity and filth. Uh, they backbite the neighbor. And so then the mouth is, is not reflective of the profession. And I believe this is part of what the Lord Jesus is dealing with. Now, I would have to say He doesn't really speak so much of cursing and swearing here as He does of hypocrisy. The primary thing that He's dealing with in Luke 6 is, Why call ye me? You say... Lord, Lord, and you do not the things 
that I say unto you. So you've got the right words coming out of your mouth, but they're actually words of deceit. In the coming weeks, we're going to deal on the negative side. We'll deal with backbiting, God willing. We'll deal with slander. Uh, We'll deal uh, with lying and deceit, things that we use our mouth to do. On the positive side, we want to deal with praise uh, for God, with thanksgiving, with um, uh, with uh, 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 edification, using our words to edify one another. There's a number of right things to do with our tongue, a number of wrong things to do with our tongue. The specific sin that Jesus is outlining here that's coming out of their mouth was the sin of deceit or hypocrisy. We would The Bible would call it guile. Guile being found in their mouth, meaning this is probably the most subtle form of corruption to come out of someone's mouth. How many of you would think that as we went out and knocked doors today, knocked on someone's door, went to hand them a John and Romans, and they said, no, no, I don't need that, I'm already a believer. How many of you think that is a vile thing for someone to say? But if it's not true, vile. If the reason they are rejecting God's word is not the reason they stated. By the way, I'll just put a little plug in here. Why would you not want the Bible if you believe it? Does that make sense to anybody? If somebody came to my door and said, all I want to give you is two books out of God's holy word, that King James Bible, are you interested? I would say, you know what? Since you're out giving it, yeah, thank you. I mean, honestly, and I've got lots of them. We've got thousands of them around here. But I can't imagine saying, I believe it, I don't want it. You with me? That's exactly what Jesus was dealing with. They said, we believe in God, but we we don't want you, Jesus. We believe in God, or we believe in you, Jesus, but we don't want what you say, because they wouldn't honor it. And so what he's dealing with is, your mouth says one thing, your life says something else, therefore your mouth is revealing corruption, and the Lord does not want lip service. He prophesied in the book of Isaiah that these, his people, would draw near him with the mouth, but in their heart they're far from him. If I have a profession that says, I love God, I'm close to God, I, I, I honor his word, um, we, we, you know, in the King James Independent Fundamental Baptist, which we are, but it's really easy to get all lathered up over uh, our love for the Bible and how much we believe it. I'll be honest with you. I don't, I don't think the Lord is impressed about how loud we can get about how much we believe the Bible. I believe he's more impressed that what we say about it, we actually believe. That our life would be consistent with our profession. And when he's preaching here, he is dealing with his disciples. But as we looked at recently, he's dealing with them, warning them of hypocrisy. And what he gets to is dealing with the mouth. The mouth would say one thing. How many of you know that you'll feel a pressure to speak a certain way around certain people because you know what they want to hear? Yeah, true enough. And so, as I said, uh, the principle goes across many boundaries. If I claim to be a lover of Christ and I've got all kinds of corruption proceeding out of my mouth, I began to say earlier, it's become in our day to where uh, many say it's okay for a Christian to cuss every now and then because God, no, we're, we're but dust and we deal with those kind of things. But tonight at the heart of this, Jesus says, I, I'm going to deal with what's coming out of your mouth, but to do that, I'm going to give you a parable. 
I'm going to give you a parable. Now, at my house, if you come to our house, uh, you'll, you'll, you'll drive up, many of you, I think about every, all of you, most of you, not everybody, but most of you have been there. You drive up the driveway, and on the left side of our driveway, there's a number of mango trees on the left side of the driveway. Then we have a couple of pineapple trees up there by the chicken coop. Right, everybody with me, right? <laughs> no, you say, man, you're messed up. And we have plum trees. I think we count, I think it's like 14 apple trees on the property. couple, three pear trees. Now, how can I say what kind of trees they are? Why are some of you laughing when I say we have mango trees? Well, number one, they don't grow in North Idaho. Uh, number two, by their fruit ye shall know them. We label fruit trees by the fruit they bear. Amen? Jesus is going to get very simple but very practical. What comes out of our mouth reveals what's in our heart. And that's not just someone say, whew, good, I don't cuss. That's not all he's talking about. That's not all he's talking about here. Uh, he's going to, and in fact, that's not what he was talking about, but he's going to say this. So let me give you a comparison, verse 43. A good tree bringeth not forth corrupt fruit. If I went out, we have a cherry tree right next to the house there. If I went out to the cherry tree and I went to pick cherries one morning and all of a sudden, I said, whoo, there's a thorn. Wow. That thing overnight uh, turned into one of those bushes that grows thorns that big. Down in Mexico, uh, tell me the name of those bushes, the orange, uh, Osage orange. You guys ever, you ever seen Osage orange? They use them literally to fence a property so that you don't come in and out. And all of a sudden, I go out my cherry tree and say, man, it's growing Osage orange branches. Does that happen? Will it ever happen? No. It's not its nature to bring forth thorns. It brings forth cherries. And yet at the same time, if I go and I go on one of those Mexican fields and I say, you know what? Right now, it's an Osage orange bush. It's got all these big thorns. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go and I'm going to go lay cherries all around the base of it. Well, a cherry tree may sprout, but that bush is never going to bring forth cherries. See, isn't this a little oversimplified? Not really. Because what happens is, the Lord is is trying to say, if you are simply trying to say you're good by changing your speech, that's not going to work. You don't change who you are by changing what you say. You change what you say by changing what you are. And so the comparison is, I'm going to give you a couple of trees and I'm going to, uh, a, a parable with these trees, then I'm going to make an application to you. So he says the comparison is it's like trees. Good trees bring forth good fruit and the evil trees bring forth uh, uh, bad fruit. So a good tree bringeth forth, not forth corrupt fruit, neither doth a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Verse 44, for every tree is known by his fruit, his own fruit. For of thorns, men do not gather figs. Uh, nor of a bramble bush gather they grapes. The essence is that the nature of a tree determines the kind of fruit that comes out of it. Look at James chapter 3. Because until the next verse, you wouldn't know he's going to make an application to our mouth. But in James chapter 3, verses 8 through 12, James chapter 3. This is the key text. I'm certain we'll be back here uh, time and time again. And we'll go, we'll go a little bit further than verse 12. James chapter 3, verse 8. The Bible says, but the tongue can no man tame. Here's all I'm trying to say. When we come back to Luke 6, you'll see this. Some say, well, I'll tame my tongue by making it call Jesus Lord. No man can tame the tongue, only God. No man can tame the tongue, only God. The tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. 
Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. What's he dealing with again? Same thing Jesus dealt with in Luke 6, didn't he? He's saying, you're doing two things with your tongue. You're blessing God and cursing men. There's a problem there. Verse 10, out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either a vine figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. But if ye have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not, and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. All of those final verses are said in the context of our tongue. He's saying, you've got two kinds of water coming out of your well. You've got salt water. It's accurate. Anybody ever take a drink of salt water? It does not taste good. It'll come out of your mouth as quickly as it goes in unless you've determined to keep it in there for some reason. It doesn't taste good. You've got fresh water and salt coming out of the same thing. He's saying, is this isn't right? Then I believe, by the way, he calls these men brethren in James 3. And Jesus is dealing with his disciples in Luke 6. Undoubtedly, there are false professors who profess to believe on the Lord and do not, and they have a false profession coming. But even out of us who are saved, if you and I are not walking in the Spirit of God, if we're not getting our wisdom from above, if there's bitter envying and strife, it will come out of the mouth, and you have these two things going on, either a good tree or a bad tree. What Jesus is saying is either make it good or make it bad, but not both. So he says either make the tree good and his fruit good or... Or not, he says that in the Gospel of Matthew as well. For every tree is known by his fruit. For of thorns men do not gather figs, nor of a bramble bush gather grapes. And so he's, he's giving the parable to establish what he's about to say in principle. He says the parable is, I'm comparing uh, to trees. You have a good tree that brings forth good fruit. Good freeze, trees do not bring forth corrupt fruit. Corrupt trees do not bring forth good fruit. The nature of the tree determines the type of the fruit. And we know the nature of the tree by the fruit it bears. Now, from that, let's go into verse 45. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, bringeth forth that which is good. And then the evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, bringeth forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaketh. Here's his application. Just like the tree, a good tree brings forth good fruit, a good man brings forth good fruit. And then he says specifically, I'm speaking about what comes out of your mouth. There's a couple of things to note here. Number one, the heart is the reservoir for the mouth. The heart is the reservoir for the mouth. What does Proverbs 4.23 say? We've referenced this. Here we've been dealing with the Christian and his or her body. But this verse has been referenced as much as any. Keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are... The issues of life. That word issue means fountain or flow. Your life, including your speech, including your words, flow from your heart. The Lord Jesus says, 
Just like the nature of the tree determines what comes, what's inside that tree determines what shows up on the outside of that tree. What's inside of you determines what shows up on the outside of you. This is why we need to, as Christians, as God's people, because listen, how you know this? When God saved you, he put a new nature inside of you. Is that new nature good or bad? It's good. We just dealt with this Thursday night. Did he remove the bad when he put in the good? He did not. And you know, I believe the Lord is saying, number one, if you've got bad fruit, it's because you're evil. You need to be born again. Number two, though, as you go to look at James, he's speaking to brethren. And he's saying, you need to have consistency coming out of your life. You need to be listening to, walking in the Holy Spirit of God, as Galatians tells us, so that you're not sending forth two types of fruit. Because Jesus said, that, that ain't happening. You're either good tree or corrupt tree. And so then uh, the, the issue at hand here is this, that the heart is the reservoir for the mouth. It's no wonder David said, Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. If you and I are not filling our hearts, not our heads, it's good to put the word of God in your head. But how many of you know you can get it in your head and it's not in your heart? How many of you know the difference when you know something here, but God deals with you and you receive it by faith into your heart and you say, God said that, and now I, I believe that. I take that at, at face value because God said it. And now at faith or by faith, it's in your heart. And so the heart is the reservoir for the mouth. The mouth is the revelation of the heart. The mouth is a revelation of the heart. Uh, James is dealing with that. If you have bitter envying and strife, one of the number one sources of strife is that right there, our tongue. We would have far less strife in our households and among God's people and even out in the world if God's people would say, you know what, I'm not going to use my tongue to communicate my envy. I, you, by the way, how, how do you do this? Here's what I can do. Here's what I can do. Proverbs deals with this. We'll probably get a whole message on that. Let's say I look over there at Hunter and I think, you know, I'm frustrated, Hunter. I'm frustrated. And here's why. Hunter's younger than me. But Hunter plays the violin better than me because I don't play it at all. And he, he's doing a good job, uh, coming right along very well. Hunter is younger than me, but Hunter is taller than me, a lot. Hunter is younger than me. Hunter is smarter than me. I'm not making this up. And I say, man, I don't like that guy. No, I don't say that. I think that in my heart. What I'm going to say is, well, I've seen people that can play better than him. Yeah, Hunter's tall, but I, I know some people that are taller. I think my brother-in-law's a little bit taller than him. And it's a nice tie, but, it, you know, I've seen nicer. And I'm, I want to help him. I don't want to get proud, you know. But I want to help bring Hunter down the side. You know what it is? I envy him. And I wish that somehow something would happen, his legs would get cut off in a car accident, so he'd be as short as me. That's what I think in my heart. But I say, oh, I know I can't say that. So I've got to cover my hatred with what? Lying lips. Well, you know, I just, I want to make sure he doesn't get puffed up in pride. So, you know, Hunter, you're doing a good job, but I know a lot of people, they do better, you, you know. And really what's, that, what's going on here is I'm jealous and envious because he's got something I don't have and I want harm done to him because he's making me look smaller. So I want him hurt, but I can never say that or you'd think I'm not a Christian. Now, this is exactly what Jesus is dealing with in Luke chapter 6. If you've got corruption coming out of your mouth, it's because it's in your heart. 
The heart is the reservoir from which our mouth speaks, and when our mouth speaks, it reveals what is truly in our heart. We may not, men may not pick up on it, but God says what's in your heart is what's going to come out of your mouth. And if in your heart you're not sincere, if in your heart you are angry, may I say this, there are people that are angry at God. We preach to them sometimes, sometimes they're incarcerated, they're angry at God because their life is a mess or they got some other situation, and they'll say something like this. It sounds so noble. I am so concerned for all the hurting people in the world. I just don't understand why such a loving God would let so many bad things happen in this world. The moment I hear that, you know what I hear? You're a bitter soul. And you're not bitter at man, you're bitter at God. But are they going to say, I hate God because my life's a mess, and I think that he could have made my life better, but he's messed up with my life. He let my parent do this, and this, and this, and I've messed up, and I know he's upset at me, and I don't like God. Some people are bold enough to actually say that. They have more hope of salvation than the guy that sits there and acts noble, pretending he loves people, when he's really just angry at God. Yes? What's going on is he has deceit in his heart, so it comes out of his mouth. When envy is in the heart, it comes out of the mouth. We may cleverly surround it with all kinds of pleasantries, but Jesus said this, just like a tree, so is man. If your heart is corrupt, your fruit will be corrupt. And you can try to tell people, you know, say these words, do this thing. The, the, the words of the mouth do not change the condition of the heart. The changed heart will change the mouth. Either make the tree good or corrupt whichever way. But the, what the Lord's saying is the nature of the internal workings of that man are what are going to determine what comes out of the heart. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. You say, well, that's a problem. The Bible says there's none good. No, not one. Truth until you get saved. But if you're saved, you're good fruit. You're a good tree. That's the whole point. So the first thing tonight, I'm going to preach a number of things in the weeks ahead. You can't act on any of them unless you've been born again. But if you have been born again and the Spirit of God is within you, you've been made a good tree, so guess what? Bring forth good fruit. That's what the Lord's saying. Good trees bring forth good fruit. Evil trees bring forth evil fruit. And so then uh, the heart is the reservoir for the mouth. The mouth is the revelation of the heart. And the solution for the mouth is transformation of the heart. Look at Matthew 15, if you would. Matthew 15, verse 18. One of the tremendous things said about the Lord Jesus is that there was never guile found in his mouth. Could that be said about any one of us? Never was there words to hide or conceal or make ourselves look better. It's one of the most convicting things I find in the Bible is that the longer I live, the more I walk with the Lord. I think, oh, my, how many times in my life have I cleverly said something or not said something to conceal what was really in my heart? What was really in my heart, instead of... And by the way, what Jesus is saying, even the concealment is still revelation. Even when we're using our tongue to conceal the true condition of our heart, even before God, we're still revealing it. Matthew 15, 18. The Bible says um, in verse 17, Do not ye yet understand that whatsoever entereth in at the mouth goeth into the belly, and is cast out into the draught. But those things which proceed out of the mouth... Come from the heart, and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, 
false witnesses, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. But to eat with unwashing hands defiles not a man. How many have ever met somebody say, I love the Lord. You know, I love him. I, I'm, I'm so grateful he died for me and saved me. And then 10 minutes later, they cuss a blue streak. Blaspheme. Now, I'm here to tell you, on the authority of God's word, there's something bad wrong with that man. Because you can't love God and blaspheme his name at the same time. That's the truth of it. Look, I don't go around, I don't go around cursing my wife. I don't go around saying, you know, stupid wife, why don't you do this or why don't you do that? Because I don't believe that. I don't think that. When someone says God's name in vain, what they're saying? Stupid God. And they are. They're blaming God for their problems. Well, it's just a habit, Pastor. It's a habit because our heart has a problem. When a person will curse God's name, they got a problem with God in their heart. Jesus says blasphemies, uh, evil thoughts. Uh, the, the Bible warns us in Ephesians chapter 5 about foolish jestings and things like this. I believe this. Let me, just, let me touch on this very quickly. I think when we start teasing about sin, we start constantly making a joke about sin. It becomes foolish jesting. You know why we tease about sin? Because somewhere inside, we are curious and intrigued by it. Out of the heart, proceed evil thoughts. Be well to pay close attention to what comes out of my mouth. Because what comes from the mouth is coming from the reservoir of my heart. And so, number one, you cannot, you cannot follow through with the instruction that we're going to receive from God's Word. Pray sincerely, genuinely, Praising God, sincerely and genuinely thanking God, sincerely and genuinely witnessing to other people, unless, first of all, my heart has been made good by regeneration. That's what it requires. You cannot get evil fruit out of a good tree, and you cannot get good fruit out of an evil tree. So the tree must be changed and made from evil to good. That's what happens when you get saved. Then when you and I get saved, we need to make sure that we're keeping our heart as the children of God, guarding it against the things that would conform us to the world. We're not of the world, but we're not to be conformed to the world, and that includes in our speech. And so in Matthew or in Luke chapter 6, the Lord gives the parable, the comparison of the tree, and the conclusion is that the tree has to be good to bring forth good fruit. And uh, then the principle is this, the heart is the reservoir for the mouth. The mouth is the revelation of the heart, and the solution for the mouth is to change the heart. Let me just, before I move on to our final point, just it'll be, it'll be very brief. We'll be done this evening. Uh, not only should we consider what comes out of our mouth, but I believe we should consider what doesn't come out of our mouth. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is. And I wonder how many days we go without actually genuinely and sincerely saying something that is... What not? How many know we do this? Praise the Lord. Do you realize that's actually not always praising the Lord? In the Bible, we read, "Oh, praise the Lord." What it means is, if I was to, I was praising Hunter a minute ago, right? In my illustration, what I was saying, I was, I was bringing out attributes about him or things that he does that are a compliment to his ability. And we can do that with the, the, a number of people here. You can say, well, this person's good at this, and this person, uh, there, are certain, there are men in this church, and uh, other times uh, have had the opportunity to speak of you men to other people. I say, man, I appreciate the faithfulness of that man, the honesty of that man, the integrity of that man that's praising someone for what is good about them. When was the last time we legitimately, not in a church setting, not in family devotion setting, we actually said, man, let me talk to you about what the Lord has done. I, I, I concern there may be, even in this room, the only time we ever say something complimentary or praising of God is when someone spurs us to. Well, anybody have anything to praise the Lord about? 
Ah, I'm breathing. Well, that's good. You know, it ought to be every day. Every day, God has things about him that we should pipe up and say. The world is busy slandering our God. And we sit by and let him slander and blaspheme and feel intimidated. It should be us to speak up and say, no, no, no. The God that I serve is merciful. I'm not burning in hell today because he's merciful. The God I serve today cares enough about me that in my prayer time today, he gave me wisdom and he forgave me. How many of you know there are a lot of good things to say about God that we never say? We'll deal with that in future. You know what? Good fruit is praise to our God. But you know what? If your heart's not right, you can't praise God. If your heart's not right with the Lord, either by because you've not been born again or because you're out of fellowship, it's going to be the last thing on your mind to say something good about the Lord because that's not where our hearts and minds are. And I just want to look at Luke 6 to make us realize that if what's coming out of my mouth is wrong or if the right things are not coming out of my mouth, you can make your mouth say those things, but that's not what God is looking for. He wants the heart to be right. If I'm going to praise God, look, I can make myself spiritual around, make, make myself look spiritual to you. You know what? When the church people are around, I'm going to really say a lot of good things about the Lord so they think I'm this really spiritual pastor. That's not spirituality. It's hypocrisy. I should love God enough. I should be appreciative and thankful of Him enough that I don't have to force myself to say things good about the Lord. It ought to flow from my tongue. You see, when your heart is full of appreciation for God, how many of you know you don't have to remind yourself to thank Him? It flows out of your heart. You know what? I believe this. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit of God, you do not have to write yourself a note, witness to someone today. You're going to tell somebody about who saved you and about how He has been so good to you because that's there. What's in your heart will flow out of the mouth. I believe this. Say, I wonder what's really in my heart. Think about what you talk about all the time. It's a good indicator of what's in our heart. There are people, George and I and Gabe, we're just talking about hunting a few minutes ago. Do we have a hard time with that? No, we enjoy that. Jeff and I, we don't talk a lot about hunting. We talk about other things. But not about hunting because that's not really what he enjoys. I mean, not that he doesn't do it, but that's not really where his heart's at. And you know what? If we have to force ourselves to talk about the Lord, if we have to force ourselves to stop talking about this, I would say it's a heart problem. Either the heart's never been regenerated or the heart is not under the leadership and direction of the Holy Spirit of God. Because a good tree brings forth good fruit. The Lord is not looking for us to put patched words on our mouth to try to say, now I'm okay. He wants a heart that's good and right and clean, submitted to him. And he gives this final illustration, verse 46. He says, and why call ye me Lord, Lord? So he's going to really help us now. He's going one step further. Give the parable. He gave the principle. The parable is that of a good tree bringing forth good fruit. A corrupt tree brings forth corrupt fruit. And so if you want good tree, a good fruit, you've got to have a good tree. And uh, that, that's the comparison is that the, our heart is our nature. And our words are our fruit. So we're we're walking right along. Verse 46, he's going to give a a very vivid illustration, very pointed illustration. And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? What he's doing now is illustrating the principle and the parable. He said, you've got words coming out of your mouth that obviously are not from your heart. 
I told you the message is not about hypocrisy, and it's not really, it's about our mouth, but how many know that really we use our mouth as the number one tool to communicate what we want men to think? Really? And so what he says is you're saying the right words. You're saying, Lord, Lord, but you're not doing what I say. It'd be like this. How many have ever seen children that say yes, sir, and yes, ma'am to mom and dad? Or better yet, how many have ever met this? Maybe some of you aren't as cynical as I am. That's a blessing if you're not. But you ever worked in the workplace and you have a certain employee that always refers to the supervisor as boss or boss man? You know this. That'll be the number one person that doesn't ever do what they're told. You mark it down. If they constantly call the boss, boss man, it's because they resent his authority in their life. They don't want him doing what they say, but they want him to think they do so they don't get in trouble. Period. I've seen it too many times. Yeah, here's the boss man. Yes, sir, boss man. It's lip service. Lip service. You know what? I find it very interesting. We looked at Levi a few weeks ago in one of the messages we looked at, and I find it very interesting. He never referred to Jesus as Lord. But when Jesus said, come and follow me, he left the receipt of custom, and he followed him. I said this today. I might get in a little trouble here. We have signs in our community that says, love lives here. Why do we need to pet, plaster that all over everything? I think it's a cover myself. I don't. I can't judge men's hearts, but I think in most cases that's what it is, especially when we get to know some of the mentality that promotes what's called love today. Many love to speak of the Lord and call him Lord, but he says, here's what I'm dealing with. You've got words coming out of your mouth that are not consistent with the action of your life. Therefore, the words are corrupt fruit. And he gives, of course, the illustration of, if you hear my sayings and build on my words, meaning you act upon what I say, you're like a man who builds on a rock. And if you hear my words and don't, you're like a man who builds on sand. So the point here tonight would be this. As we deal with our tongue and our mouth, it's not sufficient. It's not going to be sufficient to say, okay, here's the vocabulary I will use. Here's the vocabulary I won't use. I will discipline myself to only have these words come out of my mouth so that it makes it look like I have a good heart. No. If we're going to be able to follow through with the kind of mouth that God wants us to have, may I say this? We can say, I'll never murmur. I'll never murmur. I know Christians should murmur, do all things without murmurings and disputings. It's good to know those verses. But you're going to have to have a heart that's submitted to God. You're going to have to have a heart that's grateful for everything He does before we're not going to murmur. You know what it takes to not murmur? We have to have to trust God. Because we murmur about the things that we don't like in our lives because we think somehow they should be better or whatever it may be. And so here's the thing. He gives a proof verses four, in verse 46. He says, the parable is like a tree, the principle. Uh, your heart is your nature. Your words and your mouth are your fruit. Mm, let me give you a, a proof here. Let me give you a, an application, a practical application. You say, Lord, Lord, but you do not the things which I say Therefore, your words are not consistent with your heart. Because if they were, you would do what I say. May I say this? Uh, I, can, I can go through all kinds of outward motions. How many of you know that worship is not, first of all, outward? They that worship God must worship Him in spirit and in truth. We have many today putting on a form of worship that really what its fruit is, it entertains man. 
It moves man emotionally. But some have even made this statement, well, you know, if it's not there, you gotta, you got to put it on until you really feel it. That's, friend, that's not worship. <laughs> that's not worship. Worship is when my heart is truly in trust, submission, and reverence of God. And then my mouth will reflect that. I tell you this, when I, my mouth gets off, when I start seeing murmurings come out of my mouth or backbitings, somewhere my heart is out of tune with the Lord. Amen? So we can correct the mouth first, but really what the Lord says, if I'm Lord, then treat me like Lord. And by the way, this is, I said this fundamental message, this is going to be key to everything we look at forward. As we look at praise or we look at what, you know, not slandering or having corrupt communication come out of our mouth, the key to that is going to have a heart that's submitted to His authority because out of the abundance of the heart, of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. There were those that knew Jesus should be called Lord, and so they called Him that. But they would not do the things that He said. And He said, no, no, a good tree brings forth good fruit. Let's keep this, you know what He's dealing with? Let's keep this very clear. Let's not confuse the matter. Corrupt fruit comes from a corrupt root. And so then... Uh, our hearts need to be right if our mouths are going to be right. I hope this makes sense to us tonight. Mm-hmm.